Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with author and speaker John Bevere. Well, Matt, it's great to meet you. Great to talk to you too, mate. I've, I've been a big fan for years. Well, thank you for the honour of being able to speak to the Australian people. I just love you guys all so much, and I love being down here. So this is just going to be fun. Now, now John, you're out here in Australia. Um, you've been out here a number of times before. Uh, in this season, you know, is there a, a word that uh, God has put on your heart to, to bring in, in your teaching in Australia? Yeah. Um, right now I'm writing a book, and the title of the book is called Extraordinary. And the subtitle is The Way We're Meant to Live. It's due to come out in, in October. I'm just actually was writing the last chapter this morning. And um, <clears throat> that's very, very much in my heart. And basically what this book deals with is the fact that we've taught so much on the grace of God. But unfortunately, we've only taught a very limited perspective of the grace of God. The grace of God does forgive us of our sins. And it is the only way we can get into heaven. We've taught that very well. But what about this life? Because the Bible says that it's through grace that we serve God acceptably. And what, a lot, what, what we've not taught as strongly is that grace empowers us. Grace empowers us, first of all, with the nature of Jesus Christ. The Bible says, as he is, so are we in this world. And so grace not only forgives us of our sins, it literally has placed the nature and character of Jesus Christ within us. And then it's also empowered us to live holy and pure in a way that would glorify God. But even more excitingly, it's empowered us to bring forth what heaven desires into this earth. And the reason many in the church are not living an extraordinary life above ordinary is because they're not walking in the full grace, because it's not been preached to them. And secondly, grace can only be accessed through faith. Faith is the pipeline which brings it in. And so if we're not walking in that grace, then we can't live extraordinarily. We will live as men. We may have good hearts and want to love and serve people, but we're doing it all in our ability because of a lack of faith. And that, along with the honor message, I really believe that God wants to restore honor to this nation, this great nation, because Australia is great, as I said, in so many ways. But I believe that one of the the keys that's going to bring Australia to the next level is to walk in true honor. If you look at the Bible, those who honored Jesus received a full reward from heaven. Those who withheld honor from him got a partial reward, and those who dishonored him got nothing. And I started realizing that this is not just a principle that worked with Jesus. This is something that God set up for every one of us. Jesus said, you've done it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done to me. And what you've done to me, you've done to the Father. And the Father says, those who honor me, I will honor them. Those who lightly esteem me, I lightly esteem them. So if I lightly esteem somebody, I've lightly esteemed Jesus. And in lightly esteeming Jesus, I've lightly esteemed the Father. And the Father says he'll lightly esteem me. But if I honor someone, let's say I, I, I honor the person. I'm out walking this morning in the, the, the river walk here in Brisbane, and I was seeing people, and I was just saying good morning in my nice American accent, and they'd kind of look at me and smile and all that. But I realized that every single one of those people that went by me this morning, a great, great price was paid for them, the price of Jesus Christ himself. That was the ransom God paid to, win that, to get that person back. When we start realizing that, we'll treat our wives different, we'll treat our husbands different, our children different, our employees different, our bosses different, our pastors different, and we'll begin to truly value and honor. I believe one of the reasons why Dr. Cho has literally changed the entire nation of, of South Korea in 50 years of ministry is because of that one principle. I've been with Dr. Cho, I've played do- golf with Dr. Cho, I've hosted him, and the 
honor in which the Koreans walk in is mind-blowing. And I want to see that restored to this nation. And so I, I wish that every Australian could get a hold of the book, Honor's Reward. And I'm not saying that because I wrote it, because I believe it's a prophetic word for this nation. You know, my wife and I went on a holiday late last year and were uh, given the Honor's Reward teaching series. So we listened to it uh, on the way to the holiday and the way back of the holiday. And it was the best holiday because we honoured each other. And we honoured the kids. We honoured everyone that we came across. <laughs> and we got a full reward. We got blessed wherever we went. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I really believe it's an important message for Australia because of the tall poppy syndrome in Australia. There's this horrible mentality that whoever is a pastor or whoever is a, a politician or if someone's famous, you know, you want to dig up the dirt on them, you want to drag them down, you want to dishonour them. Um, but uh, living for Christ is, is a complete counterculture to, to that, isn't it? You know, it's it, where you're called to honour. It truly is. And, you, could, you know, I'm, I'm familiar with the tall poppy syndrome. And it, it just it, that that's one of the reasons why I said it's in my heart so strong to bring it to this to this nation. I'll never forget the time when um, uh, you know I know he's he's not your prime minister anymore, but I remember John Howard came to a particular church in Australia and they showed me a film of it, and I watched him walk into the room and just half the congregation stood up and applauded, and I I, I about came out I wanted to jump through the screen mm -hmm. and I wanted to go tell all of them what are you doing? This is your prime minister. Where is the honor this man deserves? Mm. You know, um, in America, we, we so much need this message, but yet we've still captured parts that are important. I mean, before the President of the United States comes and speaks anywhere, there will be people coming in for 30 minutes and teaching the audience the proper protocol on how to honor him. And, but honor isn't just in protocol and methods. It's, it's, it's got to begin in the heart. And, you know... If, if, if your prime minister walked into a room that I was standing in, I'd be jumping up on my feet. I don't care who he is. I'd be applauding him and honoring him because of the position he holds, not the behavior or character that he walks in. Mm. He, he holds the responsibility of 20 million people, and he's responsible for making decisions that are going to benefit them or not. And God is the one that says, fear God and honor the king. And that king that Peter actually wrote about was a very wicked, corrupt king, Herod Agrippa I. But yet Peter still said, honor him. And you don't honor him for his behavior. You honor him because of the position that God has given him to minister to people. Mm. And I can just say it's amazing the blessings that come uh, when we follow those principles. How, how did you get launched into ministry? Uh, here's the, here was our answer, and I believe this is the answer for everybody. We got involved in serving in the ministry, and particularly our local church. Uh, sometimes it may occur where you're serving in another a ministry, such as uh, uh, like what we have, but God's normal plan is when we get plugged into the local church. Um, if you look at Philip, he was um, had a call in his life of being a great evangelist, but his pastors asked him to work in the church restaurant and to serve widows food and to wash their dirty dishes, and he did it for years, and at the end of the book of Acts, he's, he's a worldwide evangelist. Mm. If Philip would have been American, I don't know if we would have read about him, <laughs> because a lot of us Americans, what we do is we think, uh, oh, there's a call in my life, i got to go out and start. But what God put in my heart was, is I went to my local church, which was a pretty big-sized church, it was about 8,000, and um, I just served. I, I was an usher, and I worked in the detention ministry. We went to prisons for youth, and 
and we preached the gospel to them. And then one day the pastor's wife came up to me and she said, you know, somebody told me that you're an excellent tennis player, that you played Junior Davis Cup and were a tennis pro, and would you teach, would you teach my kids how to play tennis? And I said, absolutely. So I started teaching her kids how to play tennis. And one thing led into another, which led into another, and eventually my pastor launched us into what we're doing right now. Oh, it's such a good story. And I really want to just uh, touch on something. There, there, there might be people listening right now that are thinking, you know, this guy uh, has got some incredible words of wisdom. He's got something that uh, I need. There might be people that are listening that are far away from God right now. Uh, would you speak to those listeners and, and, and maybe talk to them about how they could reconnect with God? Absolutely. You know, to you that feel that you're disconnected with God, the first thing that's keeping you disconnected is the fact that you think that God doesn't want you back or that God never wanted you. And that is totally opposite of the truth. The truth of the matter is that God gave Jesus Christ, his only son, to pay the price for your judgment. Here we are the ones that got ourselves into trouble. We are the ones that committed sins worthy of death, worthy of burning in hell. But yet God said, I'm going to pay the price because I don't want you to have to suffer that. That's not what religion teaches men. Religion teaches men that you've got to beat yourself up and you've got to punish yourself. And if you're even close to worthy, then maybe a God will look at you favorably. But that's not the way the God of heaven and earth is. He reached out and he loved us first. And Jesus died for us. The only thing that God asks us to do is to give our heart to Jesus Christ, to give the lordship of our life to Jesus. Lordship simply means that he becomes the supreme in authority in our lives. It carries the meaning of ownership. Uh, when a woman walks down an aisle to get married to a man, she says goodbye to all of her old boyfriends. She says, this is the man I'm giving myself to the rest of my life. That doesn't make her a perfect wife the first day, the first week, the first year, or even the first 50 years. But what she's done is given her heart completely to that man. When we give our heart completely to Jesus, it doesn't make us perfect outwardly the first day, year, 10 years, or 50 years. It means that we have given our complete allegiance and commit to obeying him. If we miss it, he forgives us. We can't miss it too many times and lose his forgiveness. He's extremely merciful. So I would just say to you that there is nothing holding back from God's desire for you. The only thing that's holding you back is the thoughts that you're thinking in your own mind that God doesn't want you. Listen, my friend, he does. He wants you. He loves you. He paid the great price for your freedom. How much more would he want you now, now that he's already paid the price? So all you have to do is just bow your heads and pray with Pastor Matt and I, and you can receive Jesus Christ into your life as your Lord and Savior. So, Matt, let's pray this together. How about if you pray with them and I'll, I'll lead? Is that all right? Yeah, that's fine, yep. Father in heaven. Father in heaven. Forgive me. Forgive me. I've lived life. I've lived life. My way. My way. In my own strength. In my own strength. Doing my own will. Doing my own will. And it's not worked very well. And it's not worked very well. I repent of this. I repent of this. I will no longer. I will no longer. Serve myself. Serve myself. And live only for myself. And live only for myself. I will now live only for you. I will now live only for you. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. I believe. I believe. That you died for me. That you died for me. And you were raised from the dead. And you were raised from the dead. So that I could become a child of God. So that I could become a child of God. From this moment forward. From this moment forward. And forever. And forever. I will serve you as my Lord and my King. I will serve you as my Lord and my King. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. For making me a child of God. For making me a child of God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Well, John, I just uh, really believe that a lot of lives have been touched uh, through praying that prayer. And uh, if people would like to get in contact with you, uh, your website is uh, messengerinternational.org. Is that the right one? Pretty simple, yeah. (laughs) Messengerinternational.org. Or they can call our um, office in Australia. And uh, the number there, I think it's a toll-free number. It's just 1-300-650-577. So it's 1-300-650-577. Well, John, thank you so much for joining us, mate. I reckon you're a history maker. Oh, Matt, you are too, bro. (laughs) Well, I hope you've been inspired by today's interview with Pastor John Bevere. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, or you'd like to make a donation, just go to historymakersradio.com. Thanks for joining us. I'm Matt Prater. Have a great week. History Makers.